morning, Columbus High students. Today is Tuesday, March 14th, 2006, and it is almost lunchtime. Be advised, this episode contains discussion of anti-Asian racism, a mention of violence, and a homophobic slur. Would Kim Hoff please come to the vice principal's office? Would Kim Hoff please put on her shoes and come to the vice principal's office? Audition sign-ups for the Spring Musical are located by the Drama Room. Break a leg, folks! I tell myself all the way to the cafeteria that I'm only nervous because I'm worried whether Tori will fit in at the lunch table. It's not a particularly strong argument, even in my own mind, but I give it a shot. When I spot the back of Gabe's head from across the room, though, It all collapses in a flurry of stomach butterflies. If only feelings were like smallpox. If only enough turns of this bullshit cycle of longing and humiliation could grow me some scar tissue, leave me immune to the sight of Gabe's red hoodie, the span of his shoulders, how he's leaning forward to listen to what Leslie's saying. The day scientists brew up a vaccine for doomed crushes, I will cry literal tears of joy. Come on. Come on, you can do this. They are such nerds. Yeah. Oh my god, come on. She doesn't even understand the point of the monologue. Exactly. It's it's not just talking for the sake of... Hey. Hey. Uh, So, folks, this is Tori. Tori doesn't look up, unpacking her lunch with single-minded focus. A hard-boiled egg and three pickles. By Tori's standards, this is a very normal meal, but I can't blame the table for not knowing how to react. I first met Tori because she was close with the senior burnouts I'd fallen in with. They liked me because I was eager to please and always had money. They liked her because she can be charming when she feels like it. Apparently, she doesn't feel like it right now. All I know is the table is silent, and I am desperate for distraction. How was the rest of your morning, Gummy Toes? Gummy Toes? Ridiculous pet names were a condition of our relationship. Isn't that right, (laughs) Sweet Nose? My condition is that he takes off his hat sometimes. We compromised. Now I have to wash it. Thank God. Sorry, I just... I have to ask. Uh, Tori, where did you get your dress? Um, I made it. Okay, Tori, you seem like kind of a mean person, but please, for the love of God, tell me you watch Project Runway because Pawnee's mom won't get cable and Andy claims he only watches it ironically and I'm dying over here, please. Oh my God, Santino's Tim Gunn impression. Yes! And his hideous skating outfit. The worst! That poor model! I can't believe he made it to Fashion Week! You know they only kept him around so long because he caused drama. So true. Honey, switch spots with me. Okay. Tori and I have matters to discuss. Matters. Aw, you guys, this is so romantic. Shut up, Zach. Pony, you still owe me an explanation about the Italian at the start of Proof Rock? Oh, so Dante's La Divina Commedia. (laughs) Is La Divina Commedia funny to you? What? No, no, sorry. I was just thinking. Uh, remember, Pony, that language you invented when we were kids? Uh, Garmin? Gormlish. This girl spoke only in Gormlish for a whole week. 
The teacher sent her to the school psychologist, thought it was a warning sign. Of what? Uh, who knows? Like, help, I am way too smart for second grade. Why didn't they just move you forward a year? Um, I had the option, um, a couple of us did at the end of third grade. I remember it well, how fifth grade had sounded like a distant wonderland. I'd been the only one who had gone for it, which at the time made me feel tremendously special. My parents sat me down and we talked it over. It was my choice, of course, but they were all, in the long run, your emotional health is more important, kiddo. I mean, I still needed to learn how to talk to kids my own age. Uh, Leslie, my buddy, uh, are you ready for our detention today? Yeah, sure. I've seen Breakfast Club. There's less dancing. A little less, yeah. You're still giving me a ride home, right? Guess I can hang around after detention, if you're okay with someone busting into the meeting an hour late. What does it matter? It's not like you pay attention anyway. Hey, I totally listen sometimes. Yeah, uh, what was the topic of our last meeting? Making the world a better place. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, okay. Provisional pass. <laughs> you guys are disgusting. And I say that as someone with an incredible gag reflex. Oh, <laughs> oh wait, no, I didn't mean it like that. I make it to Con Econ with help from my MP3 player. Andy's sitting with his feet up on the neighboring desk when I walk in. Zach, step into my office. Also, yoink. Hey, dude, I need that. Just seeing what bands you. Wow, you like some shitty music. Uh, no, no, nothing wrong with that. I like a ton of shitty bands. Also, you got some decent stuff on here. Franz Ferdinand B-Sides. Nice. Hey, if I make a list, can you burn me some stuff? I, I guess. Cool. Man, how are you so much cooler than the rest of the wrestlers combined? Oh. <laughs> Did I ever tell you the story of how I left the team? You quit? Quit. Kicked out. Reports vary. So last year, there was this senior... And he was mad that the coach was paying me so much attention. And he kept trying to stir shit up like, Oh, he only wins because he uses judo, or whatever. And I was like, hello, judo's Japanese, and I'm Chinese-Cambodian. And he was all, like, there's a difference. And I was like, mm, yeah, try saying that anywhere in Asia, asshole. And he was like, ching chong, ching chong. And then I punched him. <laughs> American style. <laughs> and like, you'd think if there was a guy who'd be able to see the humor in this, it'd be a wrestler. But no. He was clutching his face, and he just kept saying, You punched me! Like, dude, I know. I was there. And then coach said I could stay on the team if I apologized, but the racist didn't have to do jack shit. And then it turned out the apology didn't count if I did it 100% sarcastically, so... You got kicked out of wrestling for fighting. <laughs> well, yeah. When you say it like that, it does sort of sound unbelievably punk rock. Your list. You picked, like, the weirdest possible combo of songs. What can I say? I am large. I contain multitudes. Want a Super Bowl? Huh? A Super Bowl. I've got, like, a hundred of them in here. Uh, can I ask why you... Goddamn multitudes. Sneaking back into the meeting after detention is awkward. The rest of the group is in the middle of some involved debate, and everyone looks up when Leslie and I slink in. But Gabe is pretty quiet, 
until we get to my van. First off, I wanted to apologize for ruining your weekend. After I dropped Gabe off on Saturday, I had stood in the middle of the hallway, fitting the palm of my hand to where Gabe had rested it against my hip. It's fine. Whatever. If it's okay with you, I think we should exchange phone numbers after all so we can ensure nothing like that happens again. Here. Yeah. Punch in your number. Never again. Second, Miss Cook told me if there's anything we need, we can go to her. It got me thinking. For the next two and a half months, we should make a list of all the teachers who are on our side so we know who our allies are when we need them. Uh, Senora Johnson. She's been super nice to me since, you know, and she was hardly my pal before then. Plus, she's still got a gore bumper sticker. Cool. Uh, Pony says Mrs. Freeman has zero tolerance for gay jokes in her classroom, so she's probably a safe bet. Anne Marie. Who? Uh, the school nurse. One of them. Nobody that good looking could be a Republican. <laughs> you know not to do that around other people, right? Who died and made you the thought police? Please tell me I don't need to explain why you can't go around calling women hot right now. Don't be jealous, babe. I only like her as a friend. Can you be serious for a second and wrap your straight boy brain around what it means to be pretending to date a guy? Oh my god, dude, I'm bi. The second the words are out of my mouth, all I want to do is yank them back in. I breathe in through my nose, out. The earth is still turning. I'm still driving the van. I don't look at Gabe. I'm not sure I could. We reach the turn for Hemlock. It isn't the most graceful left I've ever made, but the car does stay on the road. I think I might be proud of that. Shit. Uh, I'm sorry. I shouldn't have assumed anything that was so unfair. On top of all society's bullshit to have to deal with it from this school's social justice club. You deserve better. I, uh... Please, please stop talking. Please, just... We reach Gabe's house in silence. Um... Don't say anything. I close my eyes and wait for the sound of the car door. Instead, I feel a light tap at my elbow. I look up. Gabe has climbed out of his seat, hovering awkwardly over the gear shift. Watching my face very carefully, he reaches out and pats my shoulder as if I was an ailing lion. Fragile, but capable of mauling. Sorry. Sorry. You must think I'm nuts, but, like, I've never said it out loud. I, Tori figured it out on her own, and Cody's just a kid. You're the first person I ever really came out to in terms of uh, using the words. Sorry for dragging you into this very special moment. It's okay. No, it's stupid. I, I fake came out to the school, and now I'm shitting myself over this? It's not stupid. It's probably easier to distance yourself since you know you don't... that it's not real. Yeah, and... Like, the fallout at school, it'll all be over once we graduate, but this... This is gonna be the rest of my life. 
having this conversation, being in this whole stupid, shitty situation? Well, probably not this exact stupid, (laughs) shitty situation. Uh, yeah. Look, uh, if you weren't ready to be out, I'm sorry I took that from you. That you didn't get to pick who you told first. It's okay. I didn't have any grand ideas about my first time. It does kind of suck, though. Uh, Not that I told you, but that you know. It's like one of those stress dreams where you get to school and suddenly you realize you're naked in front of everyone. Uh, uh, sorry if I if I just made you picture me naked. It's uh, it's okay. And I don't know. Would it help if uh, not to make this about me? But would it feel more equal if I came out to you too? Maybe. Are you even in the closet? I mean, I don't pretend to be straight, but I haven't talked about it to anyone but Krista. <laughs> um, my orientation is. Complicated. How? Does it involve time travel? Not yet, but it's a long story. Oh, yeah, dude. Too bad I got that urgent meeting to get to. So when I was 13 or 14, it seemed like everyone sort of lost their minds. I mean, the boys and girls had always been weird about each other, and I could never figure out why we had to be, like, sworn enemies. But suddenly the guys in my class were talking about women in this way that honestly felt creepy just body parts like we were all butchers or something and they'd say what are you gay but it's not like i was having those thoughts about men either i mean i can tell when someone's attractive but i never look at anyone and think oh i want to you know so you're um asexual then but i still thought about sex and it was i mean when i thought about it abstractly it was definitely with guys and then when i was 15 i wound up infatuated with this senior at my old school and that's how i found out i was capable of thinking of it non-abstractly wanting to bone someone got it So you still get crushes or whatever. Asexuality is a really broad term. You're thinking of aromantic people, which is a whole other thing, and there's nothing wrong with them either. Yeah, yeah, I I get crushes on guys, and it's some asexual people have a libido, but there's just no direction to it, I guess. Honestly, for a while, I thought I was either bad at being gay or bad at being asexual. But then... I checked the internet and found a lot of garbage, to be honest. (laughs) But I kept looking for anything that meant, you know, like me and not broken. And eventually someone on a forum mentioned demisexuality. I don't have a mainstream sexual attraction, I guess. But I do have some interest sometimes under, under really specific circumstances if there's an emotional connection first. Wait, so your orientation is that you're pretty much not interested in under-the-pants stuff. And when you are, it's for an actual good reason? 
congratulations, man. You are immune from like 80% of all teenage bullshit. It's not a superpower. Well, yeah, I won't get you a spot on the X-Men. But damn, that has got to come in handy. World's wisest dick in this very car. I don't think I explained this very well. It, it, It's not... It doesn't have much to do with how a person looks, but my reasons aren't better. They're just as stupid and arbitrary as anyone's. It, it, it's more... Uh, um, it's really hard to articulate, but it's not... It's not logical. It's, uh, I like the way he swings his backpack onto his shoulder, or I like the thing his mouth does when he speaks a foreign language. I take a moment to pretend I'm not going to waste at least an hour tonight trying to decide if there's anything distinctive about the way I carry my own backpack, or if I've ever spoken anything other than English in Gabe's hearing. Just a moment. It's a nice dream. Stupid stuff, like how he acts on principle. Not because he's trying to seem like a good person, but just because it seems like maybe he can't not do it, even when there's no benefit to him. Wow. Uh, that's... Uh, good luck with uh, all that, I guess, uh, once we break up. Uh, fake break up. This guy sounds that. I mean, I'll be honest, he sounds like the most boring dude alive, but have fun. <laughs> uh, hey, is this like... What? Uh, no, just is being a demisexual or a any kind of asexual another one of those things where people are like, oh, this is probably just a phase. Mm, yeah, yeah. And from what I've read, that's... Really common, especially when you're young. Dude, bye. Knuckles, man. I hold out my fist. Gabe looks at it for a long moment, then tentatively taps it with his own. It's extremely dorky, but I'm talking so fast I can barely push all the words out of my mouth. It's like exhaling after holding your breath for too long, or puking. Seriously, I think half the reason I didn't want to come out is just... Having to do the whole press conference, like, oh, hey, I'm this thing, and also this thing totally exists, I swear. I'm not gay, and I'm not goddamn confused. How would that even work? And Christ, how smug do you have to be that, that I know, I know if I tried to tell everyone, there would definitely be people going, nah, I think I probably know what's really going on here inside your head and your body that you live in all the time. Shit, being gay and asexual, that's got to be just your entire day sometimes. Like, what is that? Exactly. Gabe leans in, eyes bright, staring like I just executed the perfect guitar solo, and it's so much. It's too much. All I did was spew out some words. I'm not sure how I tricked Gabe into smiling like that. It's such bullcrap. Bullcrap. Uh, when we pretend to break up, can we say it's because you swore like a second grade teacher? Fine. It's not like we'll be on speaking terms. I had sort of assumed that our fake breakup would be a bad one, but it doesn't feel great to get confirmation. Still, though. Still. Dude, was that your first ever fist bump? I'm not worried Gabe will treat me differently now that the cat's out of the 
godless bisexual bag. Gabe is many things, but he's not a hypocrite. And Gabe is into dudes too, just in his own way. At any rate, I've got other problems to worry about. Or not worry, because I'm not anxious now that Gabe knows the truth about my orientation. I'm not. But every few minutes, my mind drifts away and comes back to land on Gabe knows. And every time, it's an electric shock. Between the fake dating and the genuine Kinsey scale business, Gabe is my two biggest secrets on lock. And yeah, I feel a bone-deep trust that Gabe won't use it against me, but he could. All that intimacy, and it's with someone who only spends time with me because there's no other choice, I think, rummaging in my locker for the book we're reading in English. Ethan Frome. I'm praying we won't have to write an essay about it, since my only thought on the whole thing is... Bummer. No amount of messing with the font and margins is going to make that three pages double-spaced. I've read Tell Me How Long the Train's Been Gone three times, though. That's not even about Gabe, it's just... I keep picking it up again. I almost want to make Tori read it, just so I could have someone to talk to, because there are parts that make my brain feel like it's going to vibrate out of my skull, but also parts I know I'm not getting. I'd ask Gabe, except for every single thing about that idea. The only person at the lunch table when I arrive is Tori. She looks up and frees one ear from her headphones, tinny music seeping into the cafeteria din. If I had to guess, it's some angsty 90s band where a girl with weird lipstick snarls about everyone who's ever wronged her. Tori's kind of going through a... thing. Also, she doesn't have any food. Did you forget your lunch? No. Want some breadsticks or something? Like, if you want. Whatever. By the time I get back, bearing a cardboard boat of garlic bread, everyone has arrived and things are less weird. For a very relative definition of less weird, I think, snagging the free spot next to Gabe and greeting him with a quick little side hug that hopefully looks nonchalant and cool. So, Pony, J. Alfred Prufrock, go. It's not on the required reading list. No worries. I know they work you all to the bone and honor's lip, but the rest of us get some downtime. In between the naps and the macaroni art. Regular English is like 50% naps. Do you still want to talk proof rock? Yeah, what even is his deal? Oh boy, how long do you have? I can't always follow what she's saying, but I appreciate the way Pony talks about poems. Like a detective sniffing out a trail of clues. I also appreciate how the lecture lets me and Gabe off the hook for a while. We don't need to fill the silences with coupley chatter because there are no silences. And, if I'm honest with myself, I appreciate how, as Pony gets going... Gabe leans to the right until our arms brush. After lunch, I notice Eddie, Scott, and a senior named Clyde, I think, clustered around my locker, laughing. When they disperse, I see that they've scrawled FAG in all capital letters across my locker door. In case I forget, I guess. I think about reporting this to someone. I try to imagine anyone in charge caring. And then I vow to carry more books in my backpack, so that I need to stop there less. But when school gets out, I can't ignore my way around how my van is slumped at a weird angle. Think I have a flat. There's a huge gash in the back tire. <sighs> Shit. 
Can you walk to the middle school and get Cody while I call AAA? Yeah. I hate these assholes. She and Cody take so long, the AAA lady gets there first, rolling up in her truck and changing the tire with a grumpy efficiency. Everything about her quick jerky movements and constant eye roll screams kids these days, as if I accidentally slashed my own tire in the throes of some youthful hijinks. Whatever you did, son, don't do it again. I watch her drive away, eyes stinging, knowing that in five minutes I'm going to have so many snappy comebacks it'll be like fireworks going off in my skull. On the bright side, Cody takes one look at Andy's list of requested songs and assumes it's some kind of genius performance art. Hey, you won the eternal respect of an 11-year-old the other night. Well, yeah, I'm basically a role model. Step one of building up my child army. Dream big. Your CDs, my liege. Ooh, awesome. Trade. Oh. Did you think I was just going to take a bunch of your shit? Have some faith. Thanks, man. Not a problem. So, are you over whatever issue you had with me? What? What? Come on. Second semester, freshman year. He means his own freshman year. My failed first attempt. We had art together? You never did the assignments, you just sat in the back and drew, like, screaming faces? I've got nothing. I tried to talk to you so many times, and you... right through me. I'll be honest, man, I kind of assumed it was a racism thing. Sorry. Oh, no, if I still thought that, we wouldn't be having this conversation. I could just never figure out, like, what I did. Don't know, man. Look... Tell you the truth, if I saw a dude in a wrestling shirt back then, I... Ah, shit. Okay, yeah, I loved wrestling, but there's a reason I quit. Mmm, did you quit, though, or did they throw you out for knocking the (laughs) shit out of some guy? (laughs) Hmm, Carl Andriachi. He graduated last year. Yeah, I was, uh, familiar with his work. It, it was a public service ass-kicking. Listen, if you really want to thank me, make Gabe listen to... Well, you'll know it when you see it. It is so his speed, but the guy does not trust my taste. You may need to use your boyfriend powers. Boyfriend powers? Come on, he's clearly got a giant soft spot for you. It's easy to find the Gabe mix. Songs for tearing shit down is covered in crappy drawings of raised fists, So crappy, I can only identify them because they're labeled that way. I burn it to my laptop and add the whole thing to my mp3 player that night, but I hold off playing it as long as I can. In algebra the next day, every time Pete Bowers crosses the room, he makes a point of knocking into my desk until I just want to flip the whole thing over and light it on fire. I queue up the album instead. Sisyphus set down your stone Lo, Andy has come through for me. I want to blare the song from the school's PA system, like an 80s movie. No, scratch that. I want to live in a world where I could convince Gabe to give it a chance. It's 
the same world where it means something that Gabe held my hand all through lunch today, didn't even let go to drink his iced tea. It's a nice place. As long as it's national anthem, I decide, tapping my fingers on my desk in time with the drums. When the track ends, I skip back to the beginning. I want to soak up the sound waves in my bones. The song isn't the national anthem after all, it's the whole country. Maybe that's what I'll do when I graduate, leave the real world for everyone else to deal with, crawl inside the song and build a house there, in the space right before the last chorus. Three things happen on Friday, all of them inevitable. Tori shows up without a lunch again. Mike finds me in the hallway and elbows me in the back so hard it aches all through consumer econ. And I get into a big fight with Gabe on the drive home. The lunch thing I saw coming, the elbowing is no surprise. The fight, though, I've got no excuse. What you said at lunch on Tuesday about being in remedial English or whatever. Okay. You know Leslie is in regular lit, right? How would I have known that? She didn't make it into honors because she wasn't on the accelerated track in middle school. She changed foster families three times and nobody got around to signing the paperwork. That sucks. She went to the administration last year trying to get moved up, and you know what they said? We don't think your honors material. Jesus. She was talking about starting a kind of book club. They'd study all the AP Lit books together, and then at the end of the year, take the test. There's no rule saying you have to be in an AP class to get an AP credit. Sounds like Leslie. I told her you might be interested. God, why? You were saying your class was too easy. I, I was saying it's good for naps. I like naps. Zach, I mean, you always ask questions when we talk about literature stuff. Gabe says it like it's proof of something, when the truth is, I only ask questions because I know I'm not smart, and at some point I stopped caring about looking stupid. We don't have to talk about this, but I mean, in ninth grade, if people were giving you a hard time, obviously it's different now. That's not why I... Sometimes, at lunch, I feel like I'm in one of those highlights puzzles. Circle what doesn't belong. Pony seems to get stronger and brighter with each literary discussion, like Mario eating power mushrooms. Krista drops in-jokes like, of course we all know who Sylvia Plath is. Leslie's apparently leading the resistance from regular lit. Gabe gathers facts like a soldier, gathering ammunition. At my very best, five years ago at the pinnacle of my achievement, I had a stomach full of ulcers, panic attacks before each test. Insomnia is so bad I regularly went two days without sleeping. Sometimes I would tiptoe into the living room as the sky outside was getting pink. Sit at the foot of the trophy case. Staring at all the ribbons and awards. Trying to convince myself I was any relation to the smiling boy in the photos. Sorry if it's hard for you to wrap your giant brain around. But I never did this shit for fun. Tell Leslie good luck, but I've got zero interest in joining her nerd parade. Tell her yourself. You're the one who dragged me into this mess. Oh my god, I'm sorry. She was looking for people and just... It gets old, okay? Hearing you constantly call yourself dumb and complain about how bored you are while you do absolutely nothing about it. 
Well, given that we're only pretending to like each other, maybe you can suck it up and take one for the team. Andy's mix is still knocking around in the bottom of my backpack. I'd been waiting to play Gabe that first track. I hadn't even thought about how ridiculous it all was, sharing music like we're friends. We ride all the way to Gabe's house in silence. Tori comes over that night. In theory, we're watching old Mr. Show episodes on my poor, wheezing laptop, but the video player keeps stalling, so there's no point bothering with the headphones for now. She's flipping through a book, I'm trimming the back of her hair where she can't reach. It's orange now, kind of a skunky orange. Do you think it'd be creepy to give someone a skirt? What? Like, as a gift. Mmm, depends on how. Like, if it's a total stranger and they wake up in the middle of the night and you're standing over them with a skirt, like, that's probably creepy. Krista's birthday is coming up. She said she liked mine, so... But maybe it's not something people do. Dude, I don't think you want me as the, like, voice of reason. Yeah, you can't make a frozen pizza. Go to hell. But maybe if you pretend hard enough like it's cool, it won't occur to her to wonder? Yeah. Why'd you never tell me you make clothes and stuff? Uh, didn't think you'd care? Because I'm such a shitty friend? Because you've worn those same jeans for, like, five days in a row. You're fine. Yeah, okay. Hey, you are. Everyone who's saying shit about you right now is doing it because they're afraid. You know that, right? And also because they're incredibly shitty, but- (laughs) I know. I just wish that helped, like, moment to moment. Zach, don't make this weird, but I think I need to hug you. What? There's a long second where I just sit there, my own arms flopping at my sides, before I remember how hugs work, and I reach up to pull her closer. Her jacket is soft and... Smells like cigarettes. I rest my forehead against the side of her arm and swallow. Crying would count as making it weird, I'm pretty sure. Hey, Zach? Yeah? Can I keep my sewing machine at your house for a while? (laughs) Yeah, go ahead, man. Because I've all but stopped using my locker, the next day I'm the first person to world myth except Mr. Clark, who... Politely pretends not to notice. Good afternoon. Somebody's bouncy. Guess who's going to prom? Dude, that's great. You didn't guess. But it is me, though. Yeah, that's the answer. It's me. So, did Krista... Uh, who said it was Krista? No, yeah, it was Krista. We were talking in the hallway about all the crap you and Gabe are going through, and she kept saying, you know, we need to do more. And finally, I just said, look, if you and I are going to team up against evil, can we do it at least once in, in weird formal wear surrounded by cheesy decorations and insipid pop songs? And then, you know, maybe make out a little. <laughs> You're a sophomore. You asked her to her own prom? It turns out I may have moves. A move or two, perhaps. And she said yes? Oh my god, Zach, context. Yes, she totally did. The plan is working. The plan is actually working. 
Maybe Gabe was right after all. Maybe none of this has to be in vain. I want to cheer or jump up on my desk or run through the hallways yelling, Nice try, assholes. I want to hug Leslie. I want to hug Gabe. Well, shit. The next day, when I go to change out my books after second period, Pony and Andy are waiting for me. Morning. Morning. What's up with this garbage on your locker? Uh, someone felt like expressing themselves. Ugh. You got a marker or something? Maybe you could scribble it out. You know, you could change the F into a P, squeeze an H before the A, turn it into phagocytosis. Hmm. Or you could make the F into a B. Bag? Or like, bagel. Beagle. No, wait. Eagle. Yes, eagle. Make it say eagle. Hang on. There's no telling the random shit I could be carrying right now. At first pass, I come up with three crumpled pieces of paper, mangled stick of gum, a finger puppet, and half a pack of cigarettes. Shit. Can you hold this? Yep. Alright, marker found. Let's make this happen. Love it. Yes! Eagles are rad! Eagles are rad. <laughs> the people need to know. Nice. Not sure it's complete without a visual aid, though. Ooh, ooh, draw an eagle, Zachary. I challenge you right now to draw the raddest eagle you can. Rad as science will allow. Sunglasses, yes! I think he needs a leather jacket. Coming right up. Ah, so rad, so rad. Um, draw a speech bubble, make him say something, make him... Make him say something almost too rad to handle. Hmm. Broccoli? No way! Ah, raddest eagle in history! <coughs> Vice Principal Richardson. Uh, hey. Do I need to remind you about the rules against vandalizing school property? No. Sir... His property had already been vandalized. He was just- I suppose you'll say you're holding those cigarettes for a friend. I don't understand. How did you and Andy get detention during passing period? Artistic differences, man. Want a chip? Leslie? What's wrong? God damn it, I can't believe- Are you sure you're okay, Leslie? I'm fine, I'm just furious. What's going on? Those, those rat- Bastards. Leslie? So, it was at the end of gym and this girl, this senior in my class. This total homophobic coward. Yeah, fair. She snuck up behind Leslie uh -oh. and she said, she said what you'd expect and then she stuck gum in my hair. Like a lot of it. We think more than one person was involved because it's three kinds of gum. It's still there? We kept trying to pick it out, but we were only working it in deeper. We had to stop. I hate this. I hate it. What is our game plan? Tell me, what do we need to do here? Because we can't do nothing. This is so beyond. It's literally a hate crime. Is it her word against yours, Leslie? People saw. I'm making a list. Most of them wouldn't take my side, but there are a few we might be able to talk to, and a few more that weren't there but will at least back me up that these girls have been bothering me. We can't let them win. My attention keeps slipping. Freshman year, my first freshman year, when I'd started to fall apart and 
noticeable, ugly ways. There were guys who said things to me, who pushed me around, but that was personal. I had been an annoying little shit and an easy target. That was all. There is something undeniably creepy about this whole thing. I want to bolt, but there's an electricity at the table. It feels like we're planning a war. We're doomed, of course. There's a certain charge in being on a sinking ship together. Gabe is turned away, focused on whatever Leslie and Krista are talking about. His thumb rubs back and forth on my arm, almost absently. It's a beautiful move. Subtle. If I ever congratulated Gabe on the fake boyfriend stuff, gold stars would be in order. I look away, thinking about Leslie's ruined ponytail. It won't grow back for literally years. On some level, the bastards have already won. A hundred accumulated memories, parents and teachers. Ignore them, Zach. They only want a reaction. Well, screw that. Let's give them a reaction. Hey, Leslie. What do you think? Time for a cool new hairstyle? I hear, uh, short hair's in this year. I've got sewing scissors in my purse. You know, screw it. Yeah, cut it all off, Zach. Give me, give me the butchest haircut on the entire planet. I've got a magazine in here somewhere. There's a girl with a buds cut who had your face shaped, Leslie, and she looks incredible. Mrs. Freeman is always in the science room during lunch. She definitely let us use a sink for a good cause. You sure? I figured we'd find a deserted garbage can. Forgiveness, not permission, and all that shit. Are you kidding? You're with us. Good kids get away with everything. And we've tried to remove the gum, and we can't, so I was wondering if we could borrow a sink and cut it out. We we have scissors, we just don't want to make a mess. Yeah, go ahead. People can be jerks, right? Wish I could say that changes as you grow up, but hell, take a look at the current administration. Yeah, Bush is a nightmare. Is this sink okay? We're in. Scissors. We have to take it to the administration. But if the administration doesn't do anything... Even if we can't prove the hate crime angle, this is obviously bullying. I don't want it to be our word against theirs. Zach, you ready? It's not at all like evening out Tori's hair. This is going to be noticeable. Possible to hide in a ponytail. Any mistakes I make will live on Leslie's head for months. Scissors are heavy in my hand. I, I barely know how to hold them. You can feel my palms start to sweat, because that's just what we need. A slippery grasp on a blade right close to my friend's unguarded ears. Somebody else should be doing this. Who? Yeah. And so, as Gabe, Krista, Pony, and Leslie fought to save the world and Tori plays lookout, Leslie's hair lands in clumps at the bottom of the Kim Lab sink. The scissors are sharp enough, but they weren't really designed for this. Still, Leslie is a good sport, staying still, never wincing at the tug on her scalp. Tell you what, from now on, whenever they bully me, I'm just gonna get even butcher. Leslie McClary bravest kid in the whole school. We'll start a fund. Every time they hassle you, we'll all give you a dollar toward getting you a new leather jacket. <laughs> and those big chunky black boots. Motorcycle boots. Hell yeah. Flannel. Flannel. <laughs> <laughs> hey. Looking 
good. Looking really god damn good. <laughs> Thanks. Wasn't talking to you. <laughs> Thanks. Of course, babe. Are we done? I think we're done. Can I see? I've got a mirror in my purse. Hang on. Here we go. Holy hell. I look so cool. <laughs> oh, oh, who wants to feel my head? Yeah. Um, obviously. Oh, hell yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm like a gay little chia pet. <laughs> <laughs> when the bell rings and we all head out, Leslie can't keep her eyes off her reflection in the glass display cases. Neither can Krista. This episode features Ashton Reed as Zach, Ishani Konikar as Tori, Regina Renee Russell as Krista, Paige Elena as Leslie, Chris Rivera as Gabe, Nat Razi as Pony, Perseus Rebello as Andy, Lily LaChapelle as Triple A Worker, Tom Rivera as Vice Principal Richardson, Alyssa Cassis as Rock Vocals, Ray Tay as Mrs. Freeman, directed by Rachel Mackenzie Kellum, Production Coordination by Michaela Wandel. Sound effects by Phoebe Izzard-Davey. Audio mixing by Rebecca Lynn. Written by Jessica Best. Zach's narration music is written, performed, and produced by Chiron Star. Sisyphus is written by Jessica Best and produced by Chiron Star. All instruments performed by Chiron Star. And I've been Kay Watson, your morning announcements. Thank you, and have a great day, Columbus High. The Fable and Folly Network, where fiction producers flourish.